I want to read Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35. And um, let's read. I'll read it. It says, on the day when evening came, he said to them, let us, see it, go over to the other side. But look at verse 36. Look how it changes. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them. I don't know how that changed. In the boat, just as he was. Tell you, never got to take Jesus just as he is. You can't make Jesus over into what you want him to be. You got to take him just as he is. And other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Houston, we got a problem. Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on a cushion, on a pillow. Amen. I think it was Celie. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still? How long have you been with me? How long, how much more do I need to show you? Do you still have no faith? Look at verse 41. I'm just going to read it. They became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this? Why would you get in the boat with a stranger? And even the wind, that even the wind and the sea obey him. I want to ask a question this morning. I want to talk about go for it part nine. But here's my question this morning. If you're going to go for it, who will you take with you? Who will you take with you? That's a good question, ain't it? I think it's a great question. Because many of us have ended up where we are because of the people that we made choices to hang around with. Amen. You may say, no, not me. But if you really look at your life, you'd realize that some of the mistakes you made was because you were hanging with the wrong people. Amen. Or you married the wrong person. Uh Uh-oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Amen. You you married the right person. They just need a little help. Amen. And what you'll find out is that the Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. And if you want to know where a person is going, look at the people they hang with. Amen. Many of us want to take certain people along with us for the journey. You know, if you make it, you figure your family will be on board with you. And then you found out your family don't even give a hoot about you. Amen. That they're just in it to get to win it. Amen. Amen. To the men, right? Amen. There are some people that you have to learn that that if you're not heading in the same direction, if if both of you are not heading in the same direction, amen, that you will have conflict in that relationship. Do I have somebody? The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they agree? Two is better than one. 
Amen. It's harder to rip two apart. Amen. Is what the Ecclesiastes writer said. But but it's amazing sometimes that not everyone will see your vision. Amen. You're ready to do something with your life. You're ready to go for it. You're ready to live above mediocrity. You're tired of living. Come on, somebody. Have you ever gotten tired of living the same way and the person that, amen. They, they don't see it the way that you see it. Amen. And, and before you go for it, before you make bigger decisions in your life, amen. Remember this, just because they're blood doesn't mean they're going to have the same vision as you. Are you with me? You got to make sure that the people that you walk with, the people that you are intimate with, the people that you share your vision with, that, amen, that they can see, amen, the path that you're talking about. Are you with me? Amen. If you want to succeed, you'll have to surround yourself, amen, with the right people. But you will also need not only the right people, but you will also need a strong relationship with Jesus. I believe that God can fix any relationship. There's not a relationship I believe that God can't fix, but if you don't have Jesus in the midst of the relationship, you have a problem. Amen. And so today, what, I, my, what I'm aiming to do today is I'm aiming to look at the characters in this story. I want to look at the characters here and I want to talk about a few people, amen, some people that you will see in your life. Matter of fact, some of you have some of them in your life right now, amen. And you got to decide whether or not you're going to continue to let them ride because watch this. If you ever look at where you are right now, the question is how did you end up there? Amen. Is it because of your choices or is it because of the choices of people that you decided to surround yourself with? Now, let me flip the coin for a minute. Some of you say, I don't need nobody. Amen. Some of you say, I, I'm good by myself. And that's probably why you'll never go for it because there's nobody to motivate you. There's nobody to, amen, encourage you. There's nobody there to pray for you. And so here we are, we find ourselves in the book of Mark. The same context as last week. In chapter 3, in chapter 2, we find that the disciples were chosen by Jesus. Mark gives us a different account than Matthew, but it's called the synoptic gospel because they all say the same thing, but from different lenses. In other words, Mark sees this difference in Matthew. Amen. And so when, when Mark writes, Mark is more of like a straight to the point kind of guy. He doesn't beat around the bush. He just tells it like it is. Amen. So he writes this and he, in chapter two, we find that Jesus had chosen the 12. These were the 12 men that he decided that he was going to bring along. Come on, help me somebody with him. I wish I had somebody. See, it doesn't take a crowd. It takes just a few good men. It takes a few good people, amen, that, that can see your vision. Come on, somebody. Jesus changed the world with 12. Come on, somebody. And I believe that we can change the world with just a few people. Are you with me? And so we find that after that, we find in chapter 3 that Jesus now begins to teach again in parables. 
I found out something. I found out something that, again, Jesus is teaching. And and listen, do, do you not know, and you may want to write this down somewhere, uh, that, that after the teaching comes the test. Write that down somewhere. Every week you come and hear a word. When you leave here, you will be tested by what you heard so that you can apply it to see that it really works. I wish I had somebody. When I look at all of this, all of the tests that the disciples had on the, on the, on the sea and on the lake, I found out that it's right after they were taught something. It was right after a miracle had happened that God then puts them in a situation where they have to exercise what they have learned. I wish I had somebody. I want to tell somebody something. Last week's message, amen. You had to learn last week on Monday, amen. You had to put it to practice because God will always test you after you learn something. I found that out. I found that out that, that, that you got to be careful because the Bible says, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that you will incur a stricter judgment. So it's not just the one receiving the message. It's the one teaching the message. That's why I love Ezra 710. Ezra said, Ezra said he'll set his heart to study, to practice and then teach. I told you last week, amen, that if you put more trust in man's revelation over God's teaching, uh, you'll come up short every time because the word is inspired by God. And the more you learn the Bible, the more you learn the teaching from God's word, the stronger you will be able to become to stand against the winds and the storms of life because just like Jesus when he was tempted, he didn't call on nobody. He called called up the word. Jesus got rid of the devil with the word. Are you with me? And so, and so uh, Jesus uh, begins to teach them. And then right after he teaches them, he goes into now we find, he tells them, yo, let's go. <laughs> let's go for it. And I want to tell somebody something. I've been here nine weeks. Amen. I've been teaching this series for nine weeks. Can I ask you a question? Which part was it that God said to you is time to go for it? Which part of the message did you take and you are now in the boat headed to the other side? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm ready to go to the other side. Amen. So, so if you're going to go for it, you, you'll have to make a decision, amen. You'll have to make a decision who's going to go with you. Are you with me? And so look what it says. It says in verse 35, on that day when evening came, he said to them, now remember this, he had just called them. He would taught them. Notice, I'm going to give you the sequence. He called them. He taught them. Now it's time to test them. Listen, <laughs> the only way for you to become stronger is if you go through the test. Are you with me? Watch what he says. He says, now, now so here, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Today, I want to look at the characters 
in these verses. Amen? So that you can know who's with you. Because let me share this with you. There are some people who are with you, they, they, they undercover. Amen. Prior to this, let me tell you what he was teaching about. He was teaching about the seed and the sower. Amen. And some people that you think are with you are strong, but they're not really strong. Here's how you find out who they are when they go through the storm. Amen. Watch what he says. He says, and leaving the what? The crowd. Verse 36. Leaving the what? The who? Now, now this word crowd carries the idea of common people. You can't go to greater places if you're just bringing common people with you. Amen. But here's the thing. So the first person, first person I see in the text is what? First thing is what? The who? The crowd. See, a lot of us, and I just want to dig into the characteristic of the crowd real quick. See, the crowd is going to hype you up. Come on, somebody. The crowd is going to say, Pastor, you done preach real good. Amen. But when it comes down time for the test, the crowd will scatter. Anybody been in with the crowd before? Come on, somebody. Anybody got caught up with the crowd? And I want to tell you something. Look at you now. Amen. The crowd will be nowhere to be found because here's the crowd. The crowd will never tell you the truth. The crowd will never tell you, amen, that you're going in the wrong direction because the crowd is just there to spectate. Amen. The crowd will never become committed, watch this, to the cause, amen, that God has given you. We need people. But Jesus knew, remember, he was teaching, and they were amazed at his teaching, but the crowd showed up, but he got them away, look at the text says, leaving the crowd. And I want to say to somebody here this morning, you got to leave the crowd. The crowd got you caught up. Come on, somebody. The crowd is where you find uh, affirmation. The fat crowd is where you find purpose. But I want to tell you something. You Listen, or you may be part of the crowd. Hello, somebody. And it's okay to be quiet sometimes. It's okay to ride by yourself. Amen. You got to be careful who you take with you. First thing we see is the crowd. Second thing we see, look what he says. He says, and leaving the crowd, they, they, now I don't understand how that changed, but they took him along with them in the boat just as he was. Was. So first thing we see is the crowd. The second thing we see is what? The Christ. And the reason I use the Christ is because let me share something with somebody this morning. You know Jesus, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You know of Jesus, but you're not intimate with Jesus. And here's the thing. If you're going to go for it, you're going to need the Christ with you. Listen, let me, let me say this. And, and when, I, when I say the Christ, I mean that you, when, when you have Jesus, amen, what you will realize is that Jesus doesn't just want you, want you to think that, okay, he's with you. He wants a relationship with you. There's a difference. 
He wants a what? A relationship with you. And oftentimes we're going over to the other side. We're going for it and we have no God in it. We pray, but we don't have a relationship with Jesus. So the crowd sometimes can cause you to become confused about who Jesus really is because the crowd is there to say amen, but past amen, they have no relationship. Come on and help me. Listen, you could show up on church every week and say amen, but when you leave out of here, you have no relationship with Jesus. And can I tell somebody something? If you have a relationship with Jesus, you'll find out that no matter what comes your way, no matter what happens in the midst of whatever you're getting ready to go into, because they're getting ready to go into a storm. Do I have somebody? And when you go for it, he wants you, he wants to be your chief advisor. Amen. Have we talked to Jesus about that, baby? Have we? Come on, somebody. Have we spoken to God about what we're going through? And somebody here, you're calling everybody, but you're not calling the Christ. And I'm talking about the one who hung, bled, and died for your sins. I'm talking about the one who came down 42 generations, who gave his life for you and I, and now his spirit lives in you, and you have a connection with him. He sits at the right hand of God. Who else would you really need on this journey? Jesus. Are you with me? So not only do I see the crowd, I got to get through this. But look what he says. He says, not only did they take Jesus in the boat. Listen, here's the thing. Just because you call him doesn't mean you have a relationship with him. Just because you, you got crosses all over your house and, <laughs> and your screensaver says Jesus. And, and, and can, can we talk a little bit here this morning? I'm talking about do you have a relationship with him? I'm talking about can you rely totally on him? Whatever you're going through this morning, can you call on him and believe that he will answer when you call? Anybody called on him lately? Come on, somebody. You know what's interesting? They, they brought Jesus on the boat with them, amen, as a uh, lucky charm. They brought Jesus on like how we wear the cross. We wear the cross, but we ha it has no real meaning. Come on, somebody. The cross should be a reminder. Oh, I wish I had somebody. A reminder of what? A reminder that I'm saved, that I'm sanctified, that I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, that yes, I know I may go through, but I have God on my side. Do I have somebody? So, so, so you got to leave the crowd. You, you got to bring what? The Christ. But look what it says in verse 36, right there at the bottom. It says, and other boats were what? With him. So Jesus, Jesus attracts people. Can I tell you something? The moment you decide to follow Jesus, you know what's going to happen? People are going to see something in you and they're going to start following you. But watch this, though. I don't believe those other boats, those other boats on, on, on the sea right there, I believe they had a motive. So not only did I see the crowd, the Christ, 
Here's the next one I say. Listen, if I'm going to go for it, I don't need curious people. (laughs) Because curious people are only around for what? They only want to see what would happen. They don't have real faith. You follow what I'm saying? They don't believe like you believe. You're trying to step out and open up a company or you're trying to do something greater with your life and you got a bunch of curious people around you. Listen, they're not in, they're around. They're no different than the crowd. <laughs> you know, they're curious. They're like, well, let me, you know what? I'm going to wait around and see what may happen. And if it did, if it does happen, that's why a lot of people don't commit to church because you know why? They're just curious. They're waiting. And that's why I hear pastors who've told me when they started their church, they had seven. Now they got 7,000, right? They said it was the curious people who, when we, when we got 7,000, now they want to say, that's my church. <laughs> they, they didn't want to get down into the gutter with me. They didn't want to get down to summer camp and, oh, wish, wish I had somebody. They didn't want to give up something, amen, to get something. The curious are attracted to the anointing. You with me? The curious are attracted to the draw of Jesus. Whenever you have Jesus, you will draw curious. You will draw curiosity because there's something about your life. Oh, come on and say amen. Y'all said y'all were going to say amen. Watch this. The curious will attract. Watch this. The one who brought Christ with them will draw those who are curious. But you got to have a formula for them to help them to understand that you need what I got. And that's a relationship more than anything else. Can I ask you a question? Are you the curious one? Amen. Curious people will join you, but they will not be as committed as you. They're going to be heading in the same direction, but from the moment some stuff pop off, shoot, I'm, uh, all right, they're going to bail on you. Can you imagine stepping out and doing something big? I've seen people start companies with curious people, and it went down. I've seen people get involved with relationships and things like that, but the the other person was not committed. They were just what? Curious. Look at the text. Amen. Let me, can I say something? They will look like they are with you, but they'll have their own agenda. Are you, I'm going to say one more time. They're going to look like they're with you, but they'll have their own what? Agenda. Look at verse 37. Now here's where, it gets real. I want to say this to somebody this morning. Just because you commit to Christ doesn't mean storms are not going to come. And I hope you didn't think that just because you got saved and, and, and you got committed to God that it just what is everything was just going to be real good all the time. See, storms come to test what you've been taught. Right? So you got to ask yourself, are you the crowd? Or are you the curious? We know you're not the Christ, but you got Christ in you. Hello, somebody. Look at verse 37. He says in verse 37, and there arose what? Now, now this person right here. Now, this is not a negative, okay? <laughs> I want to give a disclaimer here before I give you this other person. Okay? This is not a, listen to me real good. This is not a negative. 
because some of us got some of these people around us. Look what he says. And there arose a what? A fierce gale of wind. And the waves were what? Can you imagine the picture here? I mean, it got deep out here. Some of you right now, the water is filling up your boat. Some of you right now, the winds are blowing so hard, you don't know which way you're going. You've pretty, you, you're off course now. Look what it says. It says, and, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the, see the picture? That the boat was what? The boat was what? Filling up with what? With water. Amen. Watch this now. The boat was what? It, 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 the, the boat was filling up with what? Oh my gosh. And, 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 and it's, it's getting deep out here, right? A, amen. So the next person. <laughs> you just got to call them what they are, man. First of all, you got Jesus on the boat. Let's paint the picture right quick. Okay? Now, them other boats, I don't know what happened to them other boats. It never said, it never really said what happened to them. They just disappeared. The curious people. But the coward. Lord have mercy. Can you imagine how many cowards you've invested with, invested time in? From the time stuff start getting hard, they run. From the time stuff gets tough, amen, they no longer your friend, amen, we are, we're not compatible no more. Why, why are we not compatible no more? Because, because things get tough. So when life gets tough, that's what we're going to do. We're going to run. We, first of all, we can't run. <laughs> amen. We in this boat. Amen. And, and, and let me let me just make it let me just make it real plain to you. The the water is coming in. We sinking. We only got three dollars for gas this week. Come on, somebody. We ain't got no more food in the refrigerator. And the coward would go to work and eat and come back and say, "I ain't ate all day. I wish I had somebody." The coward would never extend his hands to help anybody but themselves. Rather than believe that God was the one that put us here. Listen, you can't go for it. You can't do stuff by faith. And when it gets tough, you start doubting who God is. Listen, he's a God that controls everything. And God was testing their faith because he had just called them. But here's the deep part about it. The Bible says in Mark chapter 3 verse 15 that he had given them the authority to cast out demons and if they had that much power and then when the boats start filling up they become cowardly the question I have is did they really believe oh lord have mercy isn't that deep that we got, listen, we can shout in church. We can pray till the walls fall down. But from the moment the storm shows up, the winds show up in your life. The water starts sinking the boat. You get all torn up and cowardly. And for some reason now you believe you got to go pawn this and pay they loan that. And what was the other title loan this? And you... you 
You ain't got to do that. The coward has no faith. I don't want no cowards with me. Uh-oh, no, I don't get one clap, one amen. Thank you, ba- thank you, baby. Amen. Oh, maybe you identify with yourself. Oh, I'm a coward. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Because the moment it get hard, you stop giving. Mm-hmm. You stop serving. Uh-huh. Amen. You, matter of fact, you just give up all together. You know what that is? Let me man you up right quick. That's cowardly. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Verse 38, let me hurry up. You ready? Y'all ready? Don't call a man a coward. That'll trip him out. Okay, ladies, I'm just letting you know. Don't call your man no coward. But I'm just saying. You know what a coward is? One who can't serve God. Who won't serve God. Amen. When things get hard, they all... uh, (laughs) Verse 38, you ready? Now, this is the part that really got me. Now, Jesus himself was in the what? What was he doing? Hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Tell tell you, that ain't no coward right there. Some of you can't even sleep. You don't even know how to relax. It's bad. I get it. Amen. There's no food, all that kind of stuff, right? You know, this break, that break, this break. But but here, that's what the illustration of the winds and the water filling up the boat has. Your engine get locked up. You're like, dang, I just bought this car. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? I'm just saying, man, we can't take no vacation. We can't do nothing. Nothing. Amen. That's up north. Nothing. All right. He said, but Jesus was in the stern asleep on the, you know what the word cushion mean there? Pillow. Man, he had a nice fluffy pillow. And I'm assuming that this boat was pretty big, huh? Amen. So here he go, Jesus that is. Uh, and what they do, y'all? Not, hey, Jesus, you know, we need your help. Something's going on out here. Look, look what they said. Hold on a minute. What kind of people, what kind of folk? Can I ask you a question? Who are you going to bring with you? Look, look at this. Why did they call him teacher? Can I tell you why? Because they didn't see him as Lord. They had a casual relationship. It's like people call me bro. I'm your pastor. I ain't your bro. You you know what I'm saying? I'm your pastor. I ain't your bro. 
Because whatever you call me, that's the level I speak into your life. It's the same thing with Jesus. They said, teacher, look what they implied. You ready for this? What did they imply, y'all? Do you not what? Hold on a minute. I mean, where did that come from? I mean, we were good. We were casting out demons. We were leading people to Christ. We saw miracles, but now you call him, bro. And now you're implying a lot of us play this pity party when things ain't going. God don't care about me. I'm always be like this. My family hate me. <laughs> you ready for the next person? Put the next person up there. Lord, I can't stand a complainer. The complainer. If it good, if God's so good, then then why we gotta live like that? If God's so good, that I didn't give I didn't give my life to Jesus. <laughs> you don't want a God; you want a genie. See, there's a difference there. Here's the illustration that Jesus is teaching us in this. If he's not worried about it, then why in the world are you worried about it? I'm going to say it one more time. If he's, listen, we went out of town last week. It's the end of the month, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time. Them bills didn't stop coming. A lot of folk didn't get paid last week, those who gave up time from work. All right? But here's what I'm saying to you, right? If God ain't worried about it, then why are you worried about it? And what Jesus is trying to tell you is this. Stop worrying about little stuff. Hold on. It's little to you. The storm was, you have to change your, what you magnify. You got to change, stop magnifying the storm. Just because, watch this, just because things are going bad doesn't mean God is not with you. Hey, God wants you to exercise your faith in him because of who you invited on the boat with you. Who did you invite into your life? And if you invited him into your life, then what you worried about? Stop worrying about it and stop complaining. Stop complaining about why things are the way they are in your life. And if you start praising him in the midst of the storm, if you start glorifying him and saying, God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to praise you. I heard what the preacher said. I heard what the word said. I'm not going to complain, but I'm going to call on your holy name. Because I know who's with me. And greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. They said to Jesus, and listen, I would be scared to even talk to Jesus like this. Like, don't you care, man? I mean, come on, man. The language in the Greek is deep. They were like, don't you care, man? What's up? Don't you see? Let me tell you this to you. Your first seven to eight months to a year as a Christian is going to be some of the toughest days of your life because your faith is being built. And then after, 
those tests will come, but they come very far and few, but when they do come, they come. This is why Bible study is where you get the teaching, and then Sunday morning you get the, you know, the teaching, and you get to worship God, but watch this. But then as a growing believer, then all of a sudden you'll find yourself in some tough situations, and that's when you got to go to recall. Go back to what you learn and then bring it back and say, okay, I ain't no complainer. I won't complain. What that song say? I won't complain. Amen. How, how's that? How go? I've had some good days. Come on, somebody. Had some bad days. Amen. Had some heels to climb, but I won't what? Complain. But listen, there's nothing like having a complainer. Amen. The complainer will cause you to lose focus of the bigger picture. I wonder, I wonder, right? <laughs> Let's jump in the boat right quick. I wonder whose idea it was to wake Jesus up. <laughs> I bet you it was Peter. <laughs> I, I wonder who said, man, I ain't, shoot, I ain't going down there. Shoot, you go. You know, it's like your mama, you know what I mean? You're like, I ain't waking up. I used to hate to wake my mama up. Amen. Especially after we broke something or something. You know, I ain't waking her up. <laughs> Amen. You know what I mean? So, so the point is that you got to be careful because they knew who was on board with them. They should have figured out, well, shoot, if he's asleep, let me go join him. I'm trying to help somebody. If Jesus ain't worried about it, then why are you worried about it? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Now, now, now look, now look, look, let me show you this real quick. I want to show somebody something. Look at verse 39. So Jesus got up uh-huh, out of his good sleep. Now, you know what the text really shows there? It shows when Jesus was sleeping, it shows his humanity. That he was yet, now watch this. Oh, I'm going to help somebody with something. Watch this. That he goes through some of the same things you go through. He goes through storms. Amen. The water is filling up the boat, but it ain't getting to him. How come it wasn't getting to him? Because he's trusting in his father. So it shows his humanity. So, so it helps us to understand if he did that, then I ought to do the same thing, right? Watch this, watch this, watch this. He got up and what did he do? He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush. Now let's bring it to your life. All right, all right. Now don't, don't go down to Galveston talking about hush. You're going to get blown away. <laughs> this is an illustration. <laughs> it's an illustration, okay? Don't try to be Superman going down there talking about, you know what I mean? No, don't, don't do all that. <laughs> I'm talking about the winds that's blowing in your life right now, okay? The, the storms are in your life right now. Whatever storm, somebody in a storm right now, okay? But, but here's, here, here's, here's what you, so there's the Christ, but I love this one right here. He says, he said to them, he said, hush, be still. And the wind, what? See, the wind had to obey him. Okay, watch this. And you got to remember this. You have the power by faith to speak to that storm. You have the power to speak to that situation. Amen. So here's what, here's the other person you need. Here's the other person. Ready? Put it up there. The what? The courageous. You have to have the courage 
no matter what it looks like. Amen. I know what the text says, that he, that he being Jesus rebuked the storm, but it's good to have someone with the spirit of God in them. Watch this. So that when the storms show up, they can rebuke somebody in the family. Got to have some kind of rebuking power. Hey, somebody ought to say to Satan, get behind me. Somebody ought to stand firm on their faith. Somebody in the family ought to be spiritual and courageous enough to say, baby, we're going to make it through this. Because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And you got the courage. See, that's what Joshua had. God kept telling Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Are you with me? Watch watch verse, my last one, and I'm done. I'm going to sit down somewhere. Amen. Verse 40. It says that, listen, that the wind died down and became perfectly what? Calm. Somebody on your crew got to have the courage to speak to that storm. Don't be scared. When you panic, when you complain, when you, you find what I'm saying, it shows your character. Can I tell you this? The storm reveals characters. The storm reveals. I love this passage. I love the way the Lord showed it to me because the storm revealed what Jesus was working with. A bunch of cowards. Amen. A bunch of men who needed their faith to be strengthened. And the only way for God to strengthen their faith, because he already knew everything anyways. So he knew what he was working with. He knew he had some complainers. He knew he had some cowards. He knew he had some people who were not courageous enough to speak. Listen, they had the power to cast out demons. Why didn't they have the power to say to the wind, stop? You have what it takes now as a believer to say to whatever it is that's trying to destroy your life, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Satan, you will no longer have my mind. Satan, you will no longer have my will. Satan, you will no longer control my family. Satan, you will no longer cause me to be afraid in the midst of what we're going through. We can make it through this because I'm courageous enough to believe that the one who's with me has given me the power to speak to my situation. Do I have somebody? Do I have anybody? I, I wish I had you. Amen. It says that the what the wind it became what perfectly calm. Verse forty. Now this is the part. You know Jesus didn't rebuke him right away. He just he always states the problem. What I love about Jesus in, in, in our lives, he'll always point out what our real problem is. Here's what our here's what our real problem is when we go for it. You know. Especially when the storms show up. Listen, storms are going to come. Stop complaining, y'all. Listen, you start a new job. Things go, go, go rough. Okay, stop complaining. Deal with it. Talk to it. Come on, somebody. Rebuke that whatever it is, that spirit that's trying to get you frustrated, that spirit that's trying to get you to quit. Come on. Because your last job you were complaining And the job before that, oh, Lord Jesus. And the job before that, (laughs) amen, and the job before that. (laughs) 
You need deliverance. <laughs> Tell you, neighbor, I need deliverance. Oh, Lord Jesus, I need deliverance. He said to them, now don't tell a man this. Why are you, but look how Jesus got him. Jesus said, why are you afraid? That's a, that's a, that's, that's a powerful question. But look what, now he, he, he asked them a question, right? But then he tells them why they're afraid. You know why we're afraid? We ain't got no faith. We ain't even got an ounce of faith. Mustard seed faith. Look what he says. He says, do you still? That's the part. My question is, how, how is it that you were casting out demons? Oh, I'm sorry. Because the text says that they went to cast out a demon. They couldn't because they didn't have no faith. Everything we do as a believer is predicated on faith. When you give, you got to do it by faith. When you praise, you got to do it by faith. When you read, you got to read by faith. When you, when you, when you step out and go for it, you got to do it by what? I don't know, but I know who's with me. And I want to trust him. I've eliminated the complainer. Come on, somebody. Amen. I, I've gotten away from the crowd. Come on, somebody. Uh, 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 the coward I've dealt with. Amen. Because I, I can't hang around cowardly people too long. Because it's contagious. You see, it's contagious. Because then you start talking like them. Then all of y'all, listen, can you imagine one person call all, cause all of them to run down and ask Jesus, why are you letting us perish? Why would he put you in a situation where you're going to die? Come on, somebody. You got to think about these things. See, we always think the worst before we think the what? The best of our situation. Amen. Watch this. So he says, they said, uh, they said to him, uh, why are you afraid? Jesus said, why are you afraid? Do you still have what? Do you still have what? No faith. The last person, you got to be careful of this person because this person almost looked apart. The Christian who never really had faith. How can you be a Christian? <laughs> I chuckled too. How can you be a Christian? I'm just saying, it's scary that there are people that we get involved with, we partner with, and in the end they leave you because they had no faith. The issue was, they didn't just quit. It's the issue, they didn't have the faith. I know why a lot of people quit church. They have no faith. They have no faith at all. Listen, identity theft is on the rise today. And if you're not careful, you can be a victim. You have to protect your identity. So it is when you go for it. You have to make sure you don't have anyone who has stolen someone else's identity. <laughs> and they're in the same boat with you. <laughs> because when the storm comes, it will reveal who they really are. 
I want to say this. Sometimes you don't know who's with you until you encounter a storm like the disciples. Jesus showed them who he who was with him in the midst of the storm. You know, people always say, Pastor, I'm with you. And I listen, I when they first get saved, when they first get into church, and it's crazy because I really want to believe them. But from the moment the storm hits, I see what they're made of. And for many of you, you've been there, but you're yet holding on. And I want to encourage you, amen, to keep holding on. Amen? Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.